0: Welcome to the Art Grind Podcast. This is a podcast run by artists or artists where we talk about what it means to be one. I'm Tun Myai, the producer with our hosts, Dina Brodsky and Marshall Jones. This is being recorded between our many jobs and side hustles. We bring you in-depth investigations into the lives of artists we admire and the stories behind the creative journey. So stay on the grind while we fill your mind. All right, hello
1: everyone. Welcome to the Art Grime Podcast. I'm Marshall Jones here with co-host Dina Brodsky, and today I am super excited to uh, interview Stephen Elcock. Stephen is a writer, a curator, and I guess the best word I could come up with is an esthetician—someone who feels. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I like. Yeah, I'm going to have a new business card printed for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and guys i am thrilled to interview him because if there's someone that i have been learning a lot about how to look at images from it's definitely steven's instagram page and i heard that you uh sort of started all this through facebook could you tell us a little bit about how you got started
2: um yes um i was Uh, My background is not in the art world. Um, My background is variously in publishing, in book selling, and for a time in the music business as a music as a touring and recording musician. Um, About twelve years ago, I had, I guess, what I guess a kind of almost textbook and cliched. A midlife crisis, and um, which then, um, tr- which which then mutated into a full-blown, um, s- quite serious illness, and I was uh, and I was um, sort of incapacitated for a few months, and was was basically um, bedridden for a while, and was unable to do very much. I was quite isolated because of this and a lot of friends and like my sisters in particular trying to persuade me well you should try go social media you should join and I was completely to me this was this was an anathema the sort of and i didn't i did i had a really almost like a like a like um, antediluvian or prehistoric mobile phone thing that's the only access to the internet i had at the time and i I sort of, well, I eventually caved in and signed up to Facebook. And within a short space, it was fairly tedious. Within a short space of time, I suddenly realised there were a lot of people on there that I hadn't been in contact with for a while. And it seemed to me, it was, it was a useful tool for keeping in touch with people at a fairly low point and at a point where I was quite socially isolated. And then... um i started using it as a as a <clears throat> primarily to send messages and then becoming increasingly facetious with these messages and status updates and things and I realized that um it could, <clears throat> after a short space of time that it could be is a visual medium as well as a verbal medium and people didn't seem to be doing that it was just started off with me sort of exchanging uh sort of uh, bizarre or un, or outray or unusual images I found, and just put, captioning them with sort of very, fairly, um, sometimes quite 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 obscene, and sometimes quite what I thought were quite witty and sardonic captions, and and circulating them among the small group of people I knew, and then I and then I thought, well, this is getting, a, this started to get response from complete strangers, um, and I realised that there was a way that, 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 that there was something there. Over time, a lot of people, including a lot of people I'd heard of, people that were quite well-known, people that I'd sort of, you know, a admired a lot, or you know, writers and artists, and a lot of some comic book artists um, and people like that. And... Um, and I realised that there was a way. There was a way of communicating via Facebook that was sort of unique to Facebook at the time. Um, communicating some the things I wanted to say had more immediate impact than writing lengthy status updates. So I started uh, doing that, and it, became, and it quickly became an obsession, and, and completely took over my life. Much to the distress of most of the people I knew, who I think thought that I had completely lost the plot. and There was obviously some long-term serious effects of the illness that I had, which is basically like a respiratory state. It was like undiagnosed pneumonia, so there was um, serious sort of lung damage at the time, so it took me a while to recover. And I think they thought that it affected <laughs> my mental faculties as well. But I just became completely obsessed with this. And I, and I knew that I, I, knew I was onto something and it kind of snowballed. And, 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 and what really made it take off is when I started, I realised that Facebook had this facility that you could create ever-expanding albums um, and sort of thematic things. So I started doing that. First of all, most of the first things I did were intentionally humorous. Um, and then then it became more serious. Um, and then I think this has got a really good, a really very, very positive and enthusiastic response. So um, it kind of took off from there. And it, 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 that basically the, basically, my life became Researching um, and sort of rummaging and rooting around in some of the murkiest and most um, unsavory corners of the internet as well as some of the most distinguished and most elevated Parnassian corners of, of the internet in terms of institutions and museums and things um, searching for searching for really intriguing and rare things and and then I became I think I, I think um, throughout all the things I've done in my life, which have been, I've had quite a quite an eventful and incident-packed life, doing lots of, uh, in, in terms of different fields and things, one of the, I think, I think, the common factor is possibly pattern-making, an obsession with pattern-making and an obsession with making connections, whether that be um, through... In my music career, I was pretty, in turn technically, I was a pretty hopeless musician, pretty in, pretty inept. But I but I had a real, uh, I had I seemed to have a real aptitude for uh, for kind of arrangement and production processes and, and understanding which bits and pieces fitted together. And but and that sort of that also manifested itself in some rather eccentric um, ways in other things I've done. Like when when I when I, when I was a bookseller, I was completely obsessed with what I suppose would be called marketing, or merchandising rather, where you know the juxtaposition of books and their arrangement, and it's a sort of ADHD thing, where you know where where, where the look of the shelf. Was, was of prime importance and, and the the way that, that people could be manipulated into buying or or persuaded into buying or looking at certain things by the arrangement of by by physical.
3: Uh, Stephen I want a few examples of this if possible because so I actually thought that you were an art historian by background and then you No can... I'm not no. Tell me how to manipulate people into buying things on
2: Facebook. <laughs> I don't know, I can I can't... If I could, if I could articulate it and write a book on it, I could make. I'd be a multi-millionaire. I think. I, I don't know. I just. Um, I think it's a way of seeing things that is. Uh, um, and nowadays, that is is basically with with Instagram. That is what I do with Instagram. I think I the connections and associations and um, between images and the way that an image. Uh, will will deepen the meaning of a, of, a, of a of an image next to it the, 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 the combination of images and the, and the, and the assembling of them um, and creating something new out of individual components it's kind of like collage i suppose so it sounds um it, it, it makes sense if i'm dismissing the, the artist but I'm not um is that. The individual, in terms of Instagram, the individual works of art and individual photographs and illustrations, are getting gained from, in terms of my Instagram page, gain their importance in terms of their relationship with the other images. In, just, in terms of, I'm kind of creating this massive collage and massive, <laughs> um, which sounds incredibly hub- like act of hubris, but it's how I see things. I don't think
1: it's dismissing in fact I think it's highlighting that's what it does for me when I look at your stuff like you have such a genius for this like this uh, almost idiosyncratic way of categorizing things and putting them into new categories that I've never thought about that it really elevates the work to me like it's oh, you. it's yeah. your genius that is I mean, if if you guys don't follow him on, I don't have Facebook, but on Instagram or Facebook, you're really missing something out because it's like, could you tell us a few of your categories? They're so fun and interesting.
2: Um, well, um, in terms of in terms of the things I've done on, on Facebook, a lot of the things in terms of Facebook, it's been, I, I, I tend to, I, I, the most popular things are either, um things relating to the natural world in terms of nature in terms of animals flora and fauna in terms of botanical and scientific illustrations but i try to but with that i possibly the most popular thing i've ever um, posted on Facebook and Instagram are the albums which are the title the, the the titles are A Wonderful Life. Um, so it is basically it's the living, it's, the world, it's, it's basically everything. Um, but it's, it's all forms of the, of, 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 it's all creatures, whether from the smallest algae to the largest mammals. Um, and what I try, what I try and do with that, 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 that I think the, 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 um, there were three albums of those, uh, the third and, and most, um, and most expansive one, I think is something like five and a half thousand images, which <laughs> takes people forever to actually download and go through. But, um, that's, that's a, a several years work. But what I try and do with that. Um, is to, I will combine work by uh, by the great artists, by old masters and by great contemporary artists and photographers, and I will include technical illustrations, scientific illustrations, illustrations from children's books and things, but I will also try and find things that are, that are really obscure. Um, I, a lot of the things I, a lot of the things I post are drawn from medieval manuscripts or from um, ancient history, uh, and I try and be as inclusive. Uh, as possible and diverse as possible. I try and include, it's not always possible because, um, it's, it's become easier in the last two or three years. But it, but uh, one of the, one of the, one of the things that's held me back a bit from being completely as, as inclusive as I'd like is the language barriers in terms of there are accessing databases. Um, in, in 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 places for places like Japan, is quite difficult without um, like knowing without somebody who, who's um, who who is fluent in Japanese because they don't don't tend to have English translations in some of the it's the most extraordinary stuff. But it's, unless you know exactly what you're looking for, it's very difficult for a non-Japanese speaker to find. But that there's actually that, that policy seems to be changing, and i find it getting access to things like that now. Um, so I do so I try to be I try to present I guess what I'm trying to do is present is present a vision of the world as I think it could be and um, as a sort of all-inclusive thing is this, it, is, it, is, it is it is utopian in a way but then at the, but at the same time I do um, what something that really bothers me um, and bothers me not particularly on Facebook I don't get it so much on Instagram um, is that people Often complain and say you're becoming political here. Sometimes I'll post things that are overtly political, um, like it, particularly at the moment with this political situation in this country and possibly and um, you know in worldwide. But here is it's appalling, and I'm not going to go into the into that at this particular point in time. But I think it requires engagement. From somebody who, from artists and from people who have whatever public profile, whether you know, I'm not, I'm not hugely, I'm not an important public figure, but I, you know, I have people follow me and people like what I do, like so, I have a bit of a voice. Um, So I think it is, it it is incumbent upon me. I, I, so I will reflect. I will. Post things that I think reflect on that. I try not to be prescriptive or didactic, so I post things that maybe allude to political situations or to a certain um, topical event or to all the topical subject um, without without sort of preaching. I think I, there's a way of doing it obliquely and and um, by association. Um, so, Stephen, I
3: have, I have a question, just because it's something that I've been thinking about recently a lot. Is it an artist's job to be involved, or can we just stay kind of inside the ivory tower of our own head forever?
2: I think we. I, I think it is. Um, I think now. I think. I think we're at an inflection point and a and an almost like a crisis point. And it the, I think that. Um, it is necessary it is necessary to be engaged i think i really do um particularly i think with with think and i think particularly with the world with with um climate issues and the, and the destruction of the environment and things like that i think that it is in that people who have um a, an audience and people that have a reputation should be um should It doesn't mean you have to be standing up preaching about things, but you can reflect. You can reflect those concerns in a way that is implicit in the in the art you create, or in the writing or the music. You don't have to, with without it being. You don't doesn't. You don't have to be preaching or didactic. But
3: well, I want to know your take, Marshall. I Also, know want to know your take because I never asked. Would you want to be involved if you could be? And do you feel like you have to be? Uh. I... I think it can, I, th- I kind
1: of agree with Steven that you can touch those things a little more covertly. Like, I don't know, we recently had a guest on who highly political and it consumes him and you could see that it, it damages the art, just how consumed he is and how overtaken he is with these issues. And I don't think you need to get to that point where no. you are no longer expressing things well.
0: Just
2: yeah, consumer. Well, if it's just, just well. sloganeering, then it becomes banal if it's if you resort to just sloganeering.
3: Yeah. So some people consider a person with an audience as having a... God, what is it called in, in English? A megaphone, like like the audience like you're holding yes. a megaphone. So anything you say will be amplified. Yes. Right. Um so do
2: you have a duty to say say the right thing? <laughs> what um, I was I think struggling to say was that that, that I often get complaints if I do post something like for example yesterday because it's the, it was the and I and I felt uh, because it was such a, a, a catastrophic. Event and 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 such as and and cause such psychic wounds um, in this in this in the city of London and beyond. Um, and yesterday was the fifth anniversary of the Grenfell Tower fire, and so and in a, in a situation like that, I feel it, it is something that is... It's, it's an appalling... Uh, it's a travesty of justice, a miscarriage of justice. Nobody's being prosecuted. None of the people that were at fault in terms of the construction and contracts. And nobody... Everybody's got away with it. Um, and in a situation like that, I, you know... I I feel. I feel it's important for me to post something. I post something on on Facebook, not because I think that you know I have to comment on every every single event, but that is something that I was deeply shocking. And every time I often travel to that part of London, and and then the the tower is still there, and it's a reminder every time I go that part of it. It's just horrifying. So, but um, something like that is, is, is. I will address directly and post directly, but. Just, i often get complaints from people who and i had one um just two days ago an, an american guy living in um germany Who's a lawyer uh, started attacking me, sending me really offensive messages on Facebook, accusing me of being some libtard, all this kind of um, phraseology, this kind of woke, uh, sort of woke warrior, and this, that, and the other, um, and an idiot because I, I was obviously a, a socialist or a communist or a neo Marxist or whatever. And I used to like your page because it was all about art, and now it's just seems to be you, you you've you've got you've gone over to the woke side and you're and um you're taking up these fashionable causes and things like that well that's not true at all um if you think if you think that to me everything like everything I do everything I've posted does have a kind of Social element to me, it is. It is not. It's not preaching about what I think the. It's. It's in the way. If I'm trying to create something that I think is a, is a vision of the world as it should be, or how I think it should be, and it will it will contain critiques, and it will contain um, art that is disturbing, and art that may be put. Is, put take people out of their comfort zone that's part of that there's sort of in building a building a a, a, a complete vision a unified vision of the world um then that to me is is what that's that's politics in its broadest sense is you know everything i do has a political um thrust in, in the political meaning in that in, in the, from that point of view in that you know i i, I try to I, I, I try I, everything I do. Uh, everything I try and post, I write to, to, to be do it with integrity and to do it with honesty, and to not and to not post things that I'm unhappy with just for the sake of it. Um, and I, you know, I have um, at certain times when I, before I now I'm you know I, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I can um, where I've had books published and things, so I can now um, kind of. With with bits, of, bits and pieces of other work, I can kind of support myself through through books and things. Um, but, but that's a very, very recent. And so um, up to fairly recently, it was quite I was quite, you know, I was quite st- struggling in terms of um uh, in terms of supporting myself and things. So um, I could and, and I and I was con- I'm constantly offered. Um, inducements to sort of could you endorse this or would you do this and other. and sometimes it's been very very tempting in times when it's been slightly difficult um but I've always resisted those because I think that um, I don't want it to look like I'm ever advertising things unless there are things that I believe in and they wouldn't be paid anyway. If there's an artist or there's an exhibition or there's a book or there's a a, a, a piece of music or something that I think is wonderful and deserves attention, then I will happily do that. That's what I do. (laughs) That's how I spend most of my time nowadays.
1: Well, I don't find your your curation political, maybe it's because I I seem to agree with your politics. According to my dad, I'm just some woke New York like, (laughs) (laughs) but I find it, I find in a way that reduces it, that, that whole conversation, because it seems like you're talking about life as a human on earth and how other people have cataloged it. And I find that supersedes any sort of Bizarre lines that people like to draw in the sand and look yes. for. A lot yes. of that's just so tired. I hate it that people go there. Yeah. The time, you know.
3: Just for the record, I'm completely unwoke, and <laughs> I find what you do just visually so stunning. Mm. For me, it had, has nothing to do with politics. It's just one of so much like you. I make part of my living by lurking around, you know, various corners of the internet, and your page was one of the first things i've seen in a really long time where i was like this is like legitimately new and legitimately like a new angle on on life but i just wanted to know so you went from being a bookseller to being kind of you know so like a curator to now you're publishing books you've got something really big coming up i want to hear about that but i also cut off marshall and i want him to have a chance to ask a question
1: Oh, sorry, sorry, Dina, for cutting you off. It, it reminded me of what he said before we started about his aesthetic. I asked you just casually what you would say your aesthetic is, and I'll spoil it because it's already been said. But you said you you said the most profound, direct way to it, which was you're interested in the undercurrent of things. Could we hear a little bit more about that now that we're on mic?
2: Yeah, the um, uh, the. Uh uh, the, the 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 things that are behind the veil of the the things that underpin reality and the things that, ha- that are behind and I think that are behind the, the world we see and I think that um I think that, that 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 assembling images together and putting together creating something beautiful out of out of disparate images is a way of decoding the world in a way. It's a way of finding finding some sort of pattern and meaning that um, you possibly cannot articulate. It's something that you can sense and something that's sensually appealing and to, um, visually and I hope psychologically and emotionally and intellectually that is that can only be done with images you can't i don't think it can be it can be done in the best poetry and in the best music but 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 those are different forms and there's a there's a thing that can only be done with image with images and I think that the that I hope to reveal that you know the that that the that the, the, the undercurrents that under that underpin the world, the, the way the world, the way the world is, and the way that, and 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 increasing because a lot of the lot of the um, uh, things, that, a lot of lot of things I've been researching re- recently, and in my next book uh, to do with the the universe and the world and and, and, the, and the greater and the cosmos, which God it's, it was just sounds like a sort of. Um, I'm become some sort of megalomania, but that's the kind of that's the kind of the field that I've been um, researching in terms of images of the celestial imagery. So, so I'm, I'm interested in the things that connect. For example, the smallest unit of existence, the subatomic world of existence, with the vast, with, with the most unimaginably vast things that we cannot possibly um, comprehend. There was there was, there, 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 there were things that connect those two those two. Those um, those two polarities of of creation.
1: Um, Do you think it's the artist's job to reveal those things? I mean, it's hard to say what the artist's job is or not. I don't think
2: I think, you know, I don't. I'm not sure what the art, I don't think the artist has a job like that. I don't, I, I think the artist it will that that will happen. Um, in good art, that will happen by that will happen anyway, as in the process of creating that art. The greatest works of art, whether it be whether you know whether it be on a the grand theme or whether it be on the smallest, miniaturist miniaturist theme, they will they they will convey those things. They will convey, they will convey an, an essence of truth about the nature of reality and the nature of the universe. Whether it be whether it be a sort of a, a, a Japanese Enso circle, there's a simple circle, or whether it be the Sistine Chapel, they have something in common. Wow. Um,
1: so, so we talk mainly to painters, like that's I'd say probably eighty percent of our audience yes. is like fine art sort of painters. Uh, do, do you do you have any off the top of your head who you think reveal those things that you're talking about, those underpinnings for you?
2: uh in contemporary painters or it doesn't or, have or to or be it doesn't have to be um well some of my favourites, there one of my favorite artists uh, would be uh, some of some of my favorite a lot of my favourites, would either be the sort of things that probably said that people might think I like if they look at my people like you know the great people like Goya Bosch Bruegel um Rembrandt and things, but I, but I also I have a bit of an obsession, I'm quite obsessed with um, some of the some artists of domestic scenes, whether it be Chardin or Vermeer or some of the other Dutch painters of the Dutch Golden Age, or whether it be sort of still life. I I love um, I love film um, Dutch flower painting from the from like seventeenth century, and um, and whether it be all whether it be the sort of domestic interiors of Bonar or VR or, or, or in terms of English artists um, people like Walter Sickert or Harold Gilman, um, Gwen John, um, those I think those are. You see, I, I think that I, I, those are, I, I, I have, I, I, it's a cliche to say eclectic taste, but I guess I do because I'm not, because it's sort of my, my interest and my taste run ranges far and wide. And I, um, I mean, there are, there are also artists, uh, there, there are a lot of Japanese art, people like Hokusai is one, I think is one of the very, very greatest artists. By any criteria, if you the whole range of his work, ranging from the the, the well-known the woodblocks to to like the manga and just the little drawings and things, they're just absolutely exquisite. Um, in terms of contemporary artists, I think a lot of, a lot of my a lot of the things I really like um, by contemporary artists tend to be. Um, a lot of the most exciting stuff tends to be people that, 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 that people that maybe do have a political element to them. So people like Kara Walker or Zanel Maholi or Carrie Mae Weems, um, people like that. And um, in in in, in um, and in Lena Iris Victor is someone I really who's um, sort of Liberian British. Um, Artist who does stunning self-portraits using the kind of the language and the iconography of both the sort of swagger portraits of the Renaissance and late and um, and and sort of uh, eighteenth-century England, um, but and but and then combining them with kind of African motifs, but also drawing on things like. Klimt the Vienna secessionist, and will incorporate a lot of gold. and think she obviously has a political uh, element to do with her background in um, uh, in, in, uh, in in West Africa. Um, it's just people, yeah. this yeah, so many. <laughs> no, so. Just
1: you just rattled off a lot of my favorite artist, in. Mm. and I was like, oh, that's, that's why we get along. <laughs> do,
0: you, do
1: you think it's important for an artist to reference other artwork in their work? Do you find that, those connections interesting? Um,
2: they're not, they are interesting, but they're not necessary. Uh, I think it, it it's interesting it, because, I, I, um, because I, because I, because I'm basically, it's for me, I'm, I, I am learning all the time. It's basically been a process of learning, and it's been exciting for me because my—I um, just—I have no um, background in uh, in art history. I have no education other than very, very basic um, high school uh, art education. It's everything. Everything. So I'm learning as I go along, and so people will, and people will she send me tips. There were, there were people, there's probably there were horrific gaps in my knowledge of things. There were people will, um, there was something the other day, I was, I was actually put on the spot at the talk I, uh, talk I gave last week about um, an artist I'd never, ever heard of who, uh, who I should have done. And and I, and I owned up and said, well, that's a terrible omission in my education, my self-education. I hadn't heard of her. Um, so, it's, so, and I, and I, and I, I, I don't know whether that communicates itself. It's what I, do. it's evident, it was an, an excitement. I, it's like, I've been learning, I started off, uh, um, sort of probably when I first started posting things, possibly it was more predictable stuff. And as it, and then became, as I began to become more obsessive and, and research more, um, then I'd, I'd probably be going into more um, obscure things, more esoteric stuff, and um, more um, underappreciated, more um, and, and more, more um, less well-known artists. Um, so I, I, I hope that that process of me finding out about things and becoming excited and genuinely enthused by new discoveries, I hope that is kind of conveyed with the way I. And present things in a way I post things.
3: It absolutely is. So what I'm wondering is, you know, we have our our visions of ourselves when we're growing up. What were you like when you were, you know, either a child or a teenager? What did you think you would end up doing?
2: Uh, I thought I would be, I was quite, um, uh, as, as a child, I was quite introverted um i'm less introverted now i was I, my my parents my, because my father's job um he moved quite he, he changed jobs quite a lot and so we and so my my childhood was quite disrupted so i was changed change schools um quite frequently which i think is, is it can be quite a problem um uh, in terms of having to commit having to Go to a different school and make new sets of friends and adjust to new new environments and new circumstances. So I think that had that had quite an effect on me um, as a child, and I, I I actually thought that I would. Um, I wanted to be a writer. I thought I'd end up being either a journalist or, or a writer, um, because I, I I did write. I, I did win um, as a, as a, quite a young child, sort of nine or ten. I did win a few prizes for poetry and things like that, and I was encouraged by having very good teachers who encouraged me to do that. And I assumed that I would do something like that, but I got a bit way late and um, I uh, kind of dropped out for a bit and I left, I, I sort of ran away from school and joined a commune for a few months until, <laughs> until that became a bit, uh, it was a kind of like thing of sort of uh, 70s a dream of the, you, the sort of communal living that kind of uh, founders on um people's egos and sort of these terrible relationships and power <laughs> things going on in this community. um and then i went back to school and um i i went i i i, I Took some time off before going to college, and um, I worked because I, I didn't really I, I I couldn't decide what I wanted. I wanted to write, and um, and I was doing quite. And I had there was a, 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 and when I was still at school, there were things like like I had um, uh, some of the poetry I wrote, which is absolutely to be honest. If I look at it now, it's excruciating. It's absolutely embarrassing. There were things like they had, but I was sort of like. Um, it, there were like programs on BBC Radio with, about me being a, a sort of prodigy, but um, <laughs> which was—I was probably <laughs> completely insufferable at the time. Um, but I sort of stopped. that I decided I didn't want to go um, to university, Um so I, I, I worked in community for people with as a volunteer for people with learning difficulties. And then I did end up going to university, but.
1: Can I ask you a question? Because that's real interesting. If you were, I mean, BBC is a massive deal. If you were said to be a, a poet, a, a prodigy, like what, I, what did that do to you?
2: Uh, actually, I didn't, be, I, I, um, I didn't believe in myself enough. I didn't think it was good enough. I was too self. I was self-critical. I thought it was because it was also. It wasn't. It wasn't purely. wasn't purely on marriage. Because I have to say that it was partly to do with a friend of mine, like my best friend. His father was a was a, quite a big name producer, big time producer for the BBC. So there was a bit of string pulling. But nevertheless um they wouldn't have sort of it's probably a pro, probably a program um that probably got the, the lowest viewing uh, the listening uh, audience figures <laughs> ever i said imagine people turn off in horror after about <laughs> 20 seconds of this uh, I'm getting sense, uh,
1: you just you won't <laughs> take the win there's something about
2: you. Then. <laughs> yeah and then i and then um after i did the thing with the um Volunteer. To, I, I decided. Well, I decided, I decided. I did want to go to university, but um, I was offered places, um, and, and I decided I wanted to do drama um, and to do. And I thought I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to go into directing. <laughs> but I do sound like a complete megalomaniac. I realised that. But I decided. I thought I really wanted to be a film director or theatre director. And I, and I and I went to study. Uh, I got into um, some sort of drama school. And um, I was thrown out after uh, the first year. I was basically told to leave. <laughs> um, and then so I changed to just doing a literature um, degree. Um, and then um, after that, I kind of, after university, I kind of disappeared for a few years um, to do with Personal relationships, and then um, and I was sort of supported. We've sort of basically dropped out. I had a I had a relationship, and we we kind of we we were we we were real sort of dropouts. We didn't really do um, uh, didn't do conventional things um, for good or ill, um, and um, and so and but in order to make money, I, found, I actually I got a job as a bookseller. Um, And then I I, I did did music for a while, um, for several years, and that was with a certain degree of success. I recorded several albums and it sort of uh, tore, with mainly sort of, I suppose, more critical success than... Published than actual sales, pretty, some quite good reviews. But, um, what, what
1: was the band's name? Or was it I, your I'd name?
2: Rather, I, I'd, no, I'd rather not say, <laughs> to be honest, I'd, I'd, I would rather not because I don't like people checking. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather not say the name um, because I I don't like people because there are like videos and things and there are some extraordinarily embarrassing videos as well.
3: Stephen, seriously though, it, it sounds just from kind of you talking about your life, it sounds like you were never exactly on a straightforward path. Not not for five. No,
2: minutes. God, no, 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 no. no. No, it is. I'm bumbling along really and being led along as well. And and the only times um, I've really had a certain, there were times when I've been really close to um, having, there have been times in my life where I've had a lot of money and been close to having, a, and having, I've been invited basically to have um, a really successful career and job and status and things. And I've either, um, re, 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 sort of recoiled from that willingly, or retreated from that of my own volition, or screwed it up badly. Um, the only times I've had re, sort of um, what I suppose could be called prestigious jobs or jobs was conventional jobs. Um, I haven't lasted very long, um, not because I'm insufferable to be with around, but I just I couldn't. Fit in with uh, um, in the role I was supposed to do, even though I was very good. I, I, I think, even, even speaking um, objectively, I did what I, I, I thought I, I was very good at what I was doing. Both um, both of those things were in publishing, and one was very high powered job, and the people, most of the people, just didn't like me. I didn't get on with them. Oh, they said that they didn't like me; as a paper that I, I, I couldn't fit into the um, groove, if you say anything. Were, were you like an
3: octagonal peg and, you know, the, like yes, a square, yeah. square hole, something like that?
2: Yeah, like that kind of thing. Is it, um, I don't know what it is. It's because I've been, always you know, I, 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 but I, I mean, I was um, and the, like, the exact. I, I can I, I, I really thrive on working with other people, which is what I like about books rather than just doing um uh just doing um inter- doing social media on my own which has been the case for which was the case for several years so I really like the interaction with people um but in, it's sort of like something about the conventional working environment like an office environment I just can't it's I, I, it's not that I it's I, I it's I don't know what it is I I find it very difficult to do um uh I, I, I still have friends from, what from with close friends from both from both those, those those eras um and but it's like um i can't, i find it very difficult to pretend and to be a hypocrite i can't um but, like i find it really things like small talk and stuff it's not that i i, I it's i can't, I, can't I, I i can't pretend that they're kind of the the the, the persiflage and the kind of camouflage that people adopt in order to fit in and to, and to get on in things. I can't do that. I find that really difficult to kind of pretend to, i um, yeah. In, in order to, in order to advance, I can't really pretend to be something that I'm not in order to advance myself.
1: So. Do you find that like that? So I feel like you have such a unique voice out there. And I feel like we're very, it's a gift to, to us as the audience to look at the world through your eyes and what you see. Do you feel mm-hmm. like, like Dina said, that kind of octagonal peg in a square hole or whatever, do you feel like that prism that you view the world through made it hard for you to fit into the world and into that sort of world? Yeah.
2: Yes I think I, I, that yes, I think so definitely something that I should have said when I was a, when I was a child I did um I was a collector of images as a child I realized that um now um I was and, and I, it was like this impulse to to create to sort of create collage or something so I used to um uh from a very young age, I used to collect images, whether they be um Things from from uh, product packaging, or whether it be from a comic, or a magazine, or a newspaper, and sort of you know you to mutilate and vandalise my poor parents. Um, magazines and newspapers and sort of shopping catalogs and things you know mail order catalogs and things like that is it just completely just um, dist- destroy them before they had a chance to even enjoy them and I used to collect and I, and, um, and then later I used to do that to comics and to things like um, God knows how the, the expensive damage I must have caused with things like um, things like early marvel. <laughs> Things and things, just cutting them up and great. Things that probably worth tens of thousands of dollars now. You sort of old issues of Spider-Man and Fantastic Four and things like that. Just cutting and Silver Surfer and things that I was obsessed with. Um, cutting them up and then putting, and then I would have these bags and boxes full of bits of paper and bits of cardboard and things that I'd just collected. And I would go through them and I would do this on a very regular basis, get them out and Sometimes I just do it on my bed and uh, sort of create scenes from, you know, which is basically basically collage making. And, And I managed to, I had these bags and boxes full of stuff, and I managed to keep them somehow into fairly, probably until, about my mid-twenties, I had I was drag, dragging this, this stuff around with me and then I lost them in some house move or other, which is probably a good thing, so I'll probably still be lugging them around today. <laughs> but I used to cut up books and things like that, and it was like this thing I wanted, I, I, I had this idea like, that there was going to be this massive collage, like a, like a, this, that would be the size of a football pitch or football field. Um, wow. But, it was a way of, yeah. It was, it was to cut. It was it was dis, um, dismantling and dis, uh, yeah dismantling the world and, re- and remaking it. I suppose. <laughs> and that was from a re- that was from a really early age, from like sort of really um, sort of picture books as a very young child, were cutting them up and and keeping sort of and not the ob- not necessarily the obvious things, but sort of bit incidental details and marginal details and things. And also collages of words. I would cut words out and do. And I did, and I did used to do sort of, I suppose, what I suppose it's sort of like a cut up technique, like <laughs> Burroughs and Dyson cut up technique. And I suppose it's quite a, quite a common thing for people to do. But I guess I was doing that. And I also used to do things with newspapers, and I'd get a newspaper and circle words and then draw, which, was, which the artist, the English artist Tom Phillips did with the book. Which um, is basically an artwork, but it was a book, uh, book published in the 70s called The Human Man, where he got Victoria, sort of like his very turgid Victorian novel, uh, sort of social novels, sort of unreadable thing. And he would he would obliterate most of the text and highlight certain words to create something really bizarre and magical, just by isolating the word every so and connecting them with life. But I used to do that. Um, when I, when, I was, when I was really young, with newspapers to try and create something. Often, as a, if I was a sort of horrible teenager, it would, I would try and find something vaguely obscene, so sort of, you know, sort of be clever by doing that. Um, but then it, then it became more kind of surreal and, um, and later on and probably more interesting, <laughs> just trying to <laughs> find lewd uh, hidden meanings in um, sober news reports.
1: It's like technology finally called up to you, so you don't
2: have to love those boxes or <laughs> no, exactly, no, exactly, <laughs> <Not usually. laughs> That's basically what. I, yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah. It's yeah.
3: well, so, just so the internet was just basically that was the opportunity for you to transform what you've been doing your whole life into something. Well, which is actually yes. now, which is actually now a career. Yes,
2: yes, yeah.
3: So, by the way, so not to you know, I feel like you're you're going to be getting a ton of press for this anyway. But could you talk about your um, England on Fire, your new book?
2: Yes. Um, well, England on Fire, it's my uh, uh, third solo book, fourth, um, the fourth book, I suppose, because I, there was also a French book, Je de Main, I was a co-author with um, the uh, um, French, a French co-author, the publisher. Um, but England on Fire is just um, was published about a month ago. This is um, at the beginning of May in the UK. It's, it's, it's a book that has been um, developing for quite a lot' been in development for quite a long time, sort of not quite the sort of um, cliched Hollywood development hell, but almost. Um, it was something I was commissioned to do um, several years ago, um, basically as when I was still... Um, Supporting myself by doing sort of writing jobs, writing for hire, sort of not, not quite hack work because I would I would take great deal of care in writing writing texts for various illustrated books, children's books, and for sort of um, gift items and novelty card decks and things. Um, and it was something I was commissioned at, around, around that time to do um, as a period as a picture research job, and um, and I. And I had, and, I, and I assumed that it would be sort of quite a simple thing to just to source um, a couple of hundred images about because the, the publisher Watkins are they are possibly in um, the, they're, they're, they're renowned for sort of basically mind body and spirit um, publisher they're not not known for to be an illustrated book publisher and certainly not a, um, an art publisher but they have have had great success. Uh, publishing illustrated books and and sort of facsimile editions of things like some of the great alchemic, alchemical texts and books about things like um, paleo and uh, about archaeology and stone circles and ley lines and things like that. And so they thought they would be a, they wanted to do a book on a sort of celebration of mystical. England or Britain, Uh, and so using um, both um, traditional artworks, but also artworks, a lot of photography, sort of documenting the sort of the 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 kind of spiritual and magical aspects of um, British Isles. Over time, this kind of (laughs) mutated into something entirely different. um, As um, as I began, as I just. Started researching this, so I realised that there was, and and, and given and this was also particularly um, in, particularly uh, it, I, I was spurred on by the by and, and alarmed by the by by the, the the political situation in this country and the way that things have happened in the way that things have developed over, over the last five or six years and before that, but certainly things have been exacerbated in the last six years. Uh, since the brexit vote which has opened up so many um, divisions and, and sort of fissures in society and i th- and um, and i thought that there was instead of just doing another book which is full of beautiful photographs and uh, in woodcuts of stonehenge and avebury and wicker men and um, fairy paintings. That there was a there was a, there was an opportunity to do something to incorporate all that stuff, but also incorporate contemporary things to create a kind of mind map or what I consider to be uh, um, um, a, a vision of. Um, the English psyche in terms of of English visual culture Um, and specifically decided to restrict it to to English rather than um, Scottish, Irish and Welsh Um, because I think that the the English mindset and the the, the English is is a a specific thing and and, and different to the traditional Welsh and up Scottish and certainly British traditional Irish mindset. And, the, and and most of the problems that have beset the, the, the United Kingdom uh, are, are English in origin and the origin of certain English politicians and the English Parliament, the Parliament in London rather than the regional governments, And England has been um, holding the other nations hostage for, <laughs> for a long, long time. So I didn't want to implicate them. I wanted it to specifically be a portrait of England. Um, but um, so... What I've what I've attempted to do with it is to it is to is to is, is, is to create something a vision of something that that, that, that is vaguely unhinged the sort of magical the disturbing um, the kind of the 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 um, the, 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 the really the, the really freakish and the, and the, and the, and the, and the, 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 this. England is kind of like a repository of so many um, it's, it's it, it, because it because it's because of its geographical location because of all the the, the influences of all the the, 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 the vast that compete the, 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 the populations that have that have um, mingled here and the successive waves of people here um, on a quite a small space unlike you know like the like the states which is which is a big continent there's sort of it, it, it's um there is something really deranged about the english psyche there was so, there was something extraordinary and there was some, there was so extraordinary creativity and this extraordinary um vitality and extraordinary uh, volatility too to it and i wanted to sort of, i most of the books on english art and there's been a lot in the last um uh, certainly in the last 10 years, I tend to concentrate on like the pastoral and the bucolic and the kind of this elegiac view. And some of that I think has been, um, uh, has has been um, as a result of a sl- slightly sort of wistfulness uh, post sort of Brexit wistfulness and this, this sort of what have we lost kind of thing, this sort of lost Albion this lost paradise, this lost, we've, we've lost the things that we have lost and that tends to be represented in book, in, in, not in all books but in a lot of uh, the, the, the in a plethora of books on English art in, 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 in visions of the landscape and visions of a pastoral Pass, um, and tends to ignore the kind of the urban uh, the, and, and the changes that have and, and, and the changes in the last 60, 70 years in this country. So I wanted to do something that um, was all encompassing and reflected England as it is now, and it'd be sort of its. Um, it's an attempt to to, to, to max the uh, English psyche. So there were things. So I so I want. I also wanted to. Um, it had to include. Um, it obviously had to include a lot of the, the obviously the, the great names of uh, and and the iconic names of English art. So it has to include. Um, so it's, you know it's, it has includes Blake, Turner, Constable, Samuel Palmer, Joseph Wright. But I wanted to include marginal voices, um, excluded voices, visionary. Art. It's, it's it's also it's, it's the book that's very much about the visionary tradition of English art. Uh, whether it be the, the, the sort of the, the famous names like Blake, and whether it be, the, and up to the present day, where there are extraordinary artists working and creating work that is sort of almost prophetic and visionary in, the, in that best tradition. And I also wanted to include as many, um, Voices from minor from um, minority um, people here, from uh, from people of color, from LGBT plus co- um, voices, from as uh, many. Um, People, recent immigrant people, the the the, the, the 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 second and third generation of people that came here in the fifties from South Asia or from the Caribbean or from Africa, um, to include this this, this this kind of babble of um, of. Of of fantastic voices to show that there is something still vital and something still exciting and something that things may have been fairly grim recently, but there is and 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 despite the corrupt politicians best efforts to divide the population and to and and to and to and to grind people and and to, and to undo a lot of the positivity of the last uh, certainly of the post world war 2 years and certainly in terms of things like social progress and social provisions and welfare provisions and things like that and 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 the fact that things like social mobility has and uh, as almost impossible now it's sort of it's all almost impossible for, for a, a child from a from a modest or poor background to actually make their way now and a lot of the a lot of the avenues that were open in the 60s 70s 80s up to the 90s are now closed off for so things like uh, absolutely totally prohibitive student fees and the fact that, that, that you know if, if you want to live in london and you want a job in the arts or something, most of them did it all internships so most of the people that seem to get jobs in galleries, in museums, in TV, in the theatre, in advertising, in te- uh, uh, tend to be um, people with comfortably off parents or fairly affluent parents. It's, 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 it's that's, but, the, but I wanted to show a corrective to that, that that wasn't the only story. There's a different story and there's still things, there are things that are, um, that are wonderful and magical and visionary about this uh, they are not made but they may maybe not from the places that one would expect them to be from they yeah they're not from traditional um necessarily traditional uh, <coughs> um, backgrounds so uh, so a lot of the so there's a lot of people in the book um that I've discovered I discovered on instagram so there are people that are Um, There are a lot of very young artists. There are a lot of people who um, are outside of the general art scene, outside of the gallery system. Um, So I wanted to. So and I I think there's some really exciting. Exciting discoveries for me, and I hope for anybody that picks the book up. People, there are definitely people in there they won't have, the, the vast majority of people won't have heard of, alongside better known names. So
1: that's so great. I think we're dealing with a lot of the same things in New York that you were talking about, just income inequality and how hard it is if you're from a lower income background to make make a dent. And I really think it's, but to your point, there's so much great art out there, but it, and it's such a service that you're able to come through and find it for us
2: and put it up. <laughs> yeah, but I love, I, it's hard, but I, and I do, and uh, I will say I do spend it's ridiculous because people say, "Well, you come to this exhibition. Did you see that exhibition? Have you seen this?" And I do live. I, I live in South London. I live where I live is right by the river, and it's it's actually uh, with public transport buses and mm-hmm. uh, the tube and thing. It's really easy for me to get into into the, all the main parts of town and the centre and West End. Um, and if you say, well, you must have seen. Have you seen this?" Actually, no, I haven't. Because um, I've just been working. I've been working solidly. God, I've I missed that show. I really want. You know, there was this like recently the Louise Bourgeois, massive Louise Bourgeois thing at the, the, the Haywood Gallery. I'll go and see that, And oh, it's it's closed. I've missed it. <laughs> because, because it's kind of, kind of like this tunnel vision thing. Where I, where if I particularly uh, with, with, with uh, like in recent months where I've been putting the finish, I re- worked really really hard on on England on fire and on the on the next book. So it was it's like seven days a week just concentrating on that and then trying to do the uh, do the, all the my usual social media fulfill all my obligations on social media. Uh, and so people don't get bored and wander off elsewhere.
3: No. So as far as social media goes, because you're kind of a public person, how much do you feel like you need to engage? Like, so you're 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 creating all this stuff, you're curating it. How much do you feel like you need to talk back as a person?
2: Um, I I I, tr- I made the mistake. Um, <laughs> I try and be. I try. I I, I try and be polite. I'm, I'm, I, I, uh, to Pete, if anybody, if people are polite and people are, I, I, I do my best. I, I can't possibly. Um, I don't think people. God, I, I sound like some sort of so awful bratish Hollywood, but but um, I, I, I don't. I, I think people possibly don't appreciate how much, how many messages and things I get, um, which I do get, and I try, and I and I try to answer people, and and um, and, and see I can't, even if it's only polite acknowledgement. Um, but i don't think I think that, that people do um, what what people do try and take advantage it's a small minority obviously thank, thankfully um, people will try and sort of um, uh, you know, try you, I a lot of people will, and and I think they overestimate my influence and people will say but it will try and get me to post their work or mention them or do this' you know, sort of'll you know, bombard me with. Um, images as there were some of which is, is fantastic. So they were, I have I have found um, or, or been introduced to people that way by sort of people who have sent me sent me stuff, which isn't an invitation for people to me. <laughs> but um, I do I have to be I have to just have to protect myself. I have also had some pretty nasty experiences with um, uh, some. Stalkers and think things like that. Really, so um, and, and so, I have to be, I have to be um, really, really cautious. And I also, and, and I, and, and I, for a long time. So recently, there have been things have started appearing. I would not have any, have the most minimal, only the, only the basic and necessary personal information. So I wouldn't have. Um, photographs of myself and um or my wife and things like that we would have so i would uh, to try and c- cultivate anonymity um partly because i of course i don't because i don't want to in, i i don't want to inter i don't want to intercede between myself and the material. i don't want to i don't want it that, um I, I think the important thing is is the it, it, the images and what's created? I'm not the important thing, um, and I and I was reluctant to kind of promote myself or say anything personal or give any personal information away. Obviously, with <laughs> books and things, I have to promote myself I have to talk to people and promote, and which I enjoyed. And you know that something like this is is hugely enjoyable. And I'm waffling on as, as so you can <laughs> as you can tell. Um, I was very reluctant to, 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 to divulge any um, personal information, for one, trying to keep myself as quite private. But I do, um, I try, I, 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 I do think I should, I, 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 I'm polite to people who are polite to me and will, will, yeah, I, but I do have to protect myself at the same time. I can't, I can't, there are a lot of comments and things, certainly on, on Facebook are just people, they just want to get, they just want to get your attention, it's like sleeve tugging um and i will, and i will I'll, you know i acknowledge that and be polite but i have to be i have to be careful and i and i couldn't i would be i would be it would be twenty four seven if i i answered every comment and query and and a lot of people do seem to do seem to think that i'm some kind of um google substitute or i'm a kind of um that, they, they that They'll ask they'll ask me a very basic piece of information. Like, well, I might I might not see this for two days, this query. You could have looked this up on Google um in five seconds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> uh, <coughs> Excuse me. uh I heard you I heard a YouTube video where you were oh god, talking, what
2: was that? It was on portraits. It was great. Oh God, oh god, no no, no right. Was it?
1: <laughs> what do you mean, oh god? I'll
2: tell you about that. I, I would not watch that in a million years. Um, <laughs> that was the first such thing I was persuaded to do. I had no idea they were going to film it. And the whole thing, because I, I hadn't, I hadn't done that before. And I completely <laughs> it was um uh it was, it was a London. Institute of Photography, it was a, f- a festival of photography or whatever. They asked me to do a talk, and and I decided to do the thing about portrait photography. I got carried away, um, and I hadn't, I had no, no experience of sort of giving a public talk or public lecture, and I completely overestimated. And I and, I, and so I selected something like I can't remember how many hundreds of. Images that I collected. there were they were like four hundred, and I and I and I sort of, sort of faintly timed it. I, I managed. To, I got somebody to put it on a PowerPoint presentation for me, so I couldn't work out how to do it properly. So I got a friend to help me do that, and I worked that. And she she said, "Who's you're a lecturer?" Um, and so she said, just, "You know, this is going to take you hours to go through." i no, no, no. I think I can do this. I can rush through this in an hour. Um, and um, and not miss any of the salient points, and then she said, like, "You need to cut this out. You need to cut this stuff." But she put it together, and 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 I and I, and, I, and I was I was quite I was very very nervous. And on the day of, it, I was still writing the, the 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 notes, the text for that. On the day, um, on the afternoon of the lecture. And I was in a river, I realised I was incredibly late. So I, I had a really crappy, I've got a new one there, but I had a really crappy printer, home printer. And I thought, well, I'm re- going to be really late, so I just need to print off these notes. And it was, it was actually about, I don't know, 36 pages of A4. And I, I sent it to print, I Printed the, the, the printer, to my astonishment, actually printed them all out. I did not I didn't check it. And I put it in a plastic folder and I headed off for the um, the venue. I got to the venue and they said set, sat me down. and They said, "Well, this is This is the clicker thing, and this is this is what to do. You know, we've got the images." And I put the, the notes in front of me and I looked at and thought, "I just knew, I can't read this." it's illegible it, what I'd done I hadn't checked the font size so I'd printed it in really minute font and it's quite dark in there and there wasn't a lamp or anything so I couldn't I could not literally could not read <coughs> the notes so which was, which was the first problem and then it became, it was a swelteringly hot evening. It was in an, a huge empty store, like an old, old clothes shop, I think. And um, people were sweltering in there. There was no sort of bar or anything anywhere selling um, water or light drinks or anything or any sort of refreshments. And people were... Uh, and I realised it was going to take it it, was, it. it actually it actually took about two and a half, three hours, and I was rushing at the end. And people were sort of, "Oh my God, you know, this is ever going to end." There were people walking out, um, and I was making stuff up. And I'm sure, and I know that I gave false information because I because I thought, so "What the hell is this that I'm pointing at?"
1: Well, I and thought that it was great. I mean, oh. I, I love that. I love those sorts of things, and I thought you did a great job. None of the this backstory that's hilarious to me now, <laughs> translated.
2: Well, there are people that have never spoken to me again. There were a couple of there was a, a friend, a very close friend of mine brought a phrase. Oh, we're looking forward to this. Your first talk. He bought two of his friends, he's a sort of really um incredibly talented. Um Wood, wood, wood. wood just, he's a, car, a carpenter. He makes money from making furniture, but he also does incredible wood carving things. And he bought some of the other people from his wood from his um, workshop along. Oh, they're really looking forward to this. And I've never seen them again. I think after subjecting them to that sort of uh, that, like this. Uh, <laughs> Wet with me waffling
1: with all um. all the pain behind this story, it's going to make my question seem trivial. But I did, you did say, I mean, plenty, I mean, lots of interesting things. And one were the idea of what portraits were used for. And you said, as a um, like a triumph over death, an escape from death in terms of portraiture, I thought that was fascinating. And when I but it didn't elaborate much, what do you what. What do you mean by that exactly?
2: Well, I think that's the uh, I, 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 that is um, it's a way of like that and I think that the. I um, mean, I look at certain uh, Instagram, Instagram in particular, and I look at people. I said, "What the hell are you doing? Just posting um, hundreds of you're taking photographs of yourself, not celebrities or well-known people, or anything like that, but people taking." Hundreds and obviously spending ages editing them and why are you doing this what is this for you're not a public figure are you showing this to your friends and family are they really interested in seeing 50 new photographs of yourself every single day and I think it is it is I mean it's, it's obviously a confidence thing and it's just and it's just I don't think it's and I don't think that it's necessarily narcissism it it, it it's it's more that it's, it's it's slightly different from narcissism. Obviously, well, with some people, it is. Oh, aren't I beautiful? You know. Obviously, if there's people that are incredibly beautiful, or they're models, or they're, that's their job, their their looks, or their, um, their their um their, their income is dependent upon that. Um. Then yeah, yeah, fine. But I realize. I think it is. Um. It is a triumph. That that is that same impulse. That, that, that to stave off mortality, to stave off. Um, the, the sense that everything is ephemeral and everything is fading, and everything, um, and I think that's, you know, it's not something. I'm, it, I'm not, I, I, you know, I'm not sneering about that. I'm not dismissive of that. I think that's quite quite a pathetic and quite poignant, and it's quite a poignant thing really. Just, it, it, if you think think about it in terms of um, with human sympathy, that it is, it is it, it, in in the way that the the, um, in, in the way that the portraits of the, good, the the great and the good of the past and the commissioned portraits of, of the great and the good now, though, those are a way of, of uh, attempting to establish immortality. Um, and I do see, th- and I think that people posting hundreds of photographs of themselves on Instagram or 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 or, or really tedious minute long things on TikTok. That's that's a similar that's a similar thing.
3: You know, it's um, it's a really interesting and kind of generous way of looking at it. Because um, I was talking to a psychologist uh, recently, and and apparently it's it's like now I forget the name, but I think it's an official disorder. Like teenagers yes. spending and, you know, young adults spending so much time basically editing beautiful photos of themselves or trying to get it from the right angles that it takes over their yes. life entirely. Yes. And they do things like fail exams and drop out of school and just overall like let it really ruin the rest of their life because, yes. you know, because they're dependent on the dopamine hit hits from when people are liking the stuff.
2: Yes, I mean it's incredible. It's incredibly cool, and, I, and 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 I'm sure that's why the sort of body image and the body body dysmorphia and things. I think the, the higher incidence of things like that are, are obviously to do with this visibility. And I think, in, and that, you know, if you think, I think about. Um, and I, I think it's, and I think it's, it's modified young people in particular. It's modified their behavior because I do, I think that there are statistics now, certainly in the UK, and I presume it's elsewhere, where the sort of culture of drinking is in decline. And sort of alcoholism, and 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 the incidents that the young people are not going to pubs and they're not getting drunk now, and that must be partly that is 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 is, um, is awareness of health, the health issues, but it's also they don't want to be photographed being out of control.
3: You know, Stephen, do you think those opportunities, I actually just don't know, so um, do you think those opportunities are truly gone? Like, so I, I, you know, like like when I was younger, I did all of the things that you're talking about. Like I, you know, I lived in squats, I hitchhiked a lot, I slept on park benches. And right now I live a much more sort of stable existence and I'm raising my kids and work for anyone who will hire me, et cetera. But, um, but I'm wondering if those opportunities are truly gone or they're not available to us because we've aged out of them. And if you're, let's say, like young, broke, but reasonably adventurous in New York, you can still find the place for no rent. You can still find the weird jobs that, you know, (coughs) where you get paid under the table and maybe do some things that like your parents would disapprove of. Because I, I feel like... It might be a factor, a society, or it might be a factor of age. Like you know, um, I don't know where the squad is, right? But I feel like someone who's twenty and living that kind of life might, you know, like like might know where to go and kind of slip through. I'm that.
2: not. I, I'm not sure that. I, I, I think that. I I think they're very very any such opportunities are very very limited, and are certainly limited in London. I know from like my my stepson who is in his twenties uh and i and I, it's, it's been, was was trying to find things like that things like sort of it was it couldn't find anywhere to live that wasn't incredibly expensive any sort of any sort of sh- shared place or any, there were no, there were, there were virtually no squats whatsoever. And, um, a lot of the, and a lot of the artists that I, um, got to know and become friendly with and things. There are, there are people that are a lot younger than, than me. And a lot of people in their twenties and things who I speak to on a regular basis. Um, and i friends with, and they they have to. They actually they they do live what would be considered fairly conventional lives, purely because there there, there does not seem to be opportunities. There are there are people doing incredible things. There was, what there are are um, there are, there were incredibly um, exciting. Sort of guerrilla galleries, you know, they're sort of like they're under the radar, of their clubs and things like that. There are still things like that happening, um, but they, but there's very little money in them. There are people who will organise and do the most incredible things. I've been to, I have been to some extraordinary shows organised in kind of garages and and sort of old railway arches and things where they're um, they're sort of young young students um, or, or postgrads or recently recently graduated people. Um, doing things that are, some of it will be rubbish, but some will be incredible. And the whole the mixture of it is just it's just incredible it's just incredible. And, and then and there is that there is that scene. But a lot of those people they will have to do a kind of minimum wage job as well, whether it be in a shop or a restaurant or a, a fast food place or um, <laughs> or being paid absolutely nothing, being working for a gallery, uh, one of the major museums as a sort of a, um, guide or a, you know sort of person um, visit a uh, visitor, um, uh, you know, but sort of people that greet greet visitors and things.
1: So. Stephen, do you have uh, do you do you? I want to ask a funny question. That because right. <laughs> you mentioned him earlier, do you think? Walter Sickert was Jack the Ripper?
2: No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I think he. I think that he was. Uh, um, he. He wasn't. He. Uh, he and I don't think he knew who Jack the Ripper was. Uh, <laughs> I think that he he was a deeply morbid. he was a morbid temperament, and yeah. some of those paintings, the, the Camden, some of those paintings are incredibly disturbing. He was, he was, and, and I know the whole Patricia Cornwall thing. He yes. was definitely obsessed with Jack the Ripper and with other similar lurid and gory things he may have been a rather unpleasant individual and was almost certainly a real misogynist um, but at the same time never put there were paintings by him I'd absolutely laugh there's absolutely there's a sicket show at the moment at take Britain the paintings. Of the music halls and the theatres of like Edwardian London and very very late Victorian London and things like seaside shows, Piero shows, and things like that. Those are the most, those are the antithesis of the of the sort of lurid, the the, the murder scenes and the horrible uh, sort of the the, the spiritual and um, physical desolation and of the of the of the, of the, of the horrible. Sort of murder scenes. They they are they're incredibly tender. There were things of the the, the the sort of paintings of singers and dancers and and just paint and just the the, the portrait of the the way that he he's incredibly clever. How the individual how he how he in 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 in, in quite a uh, in, in, um, how he how he gives the the faces of the audience individuality with just nothing they're basically impressionistic smears but um, you can tell you can tell their if you look up closely you can tell they're all individuals and they you can tell their cat you can tell things about their characters by looking at the the, the people looking at the um at the performers and that that's incredible I think the uh, ticket is an extraordinary Artist, but I wouldn't particularly want to be stuck on a desert island or in a rented room with him. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and I wouldn't want my daughter to have anything to do with him.
3: (laughs) How about a train car? Uh, You know, would you would you take a long train ride with him?
2: (laughs) Yes, I would. Yes, yes, definitely. I was fascinating. He might have known who Jack was. I don't think. I'm not sure, I'm not sure it's the, there's the kind of Alan Moore from Hell thing either, whether it's the you know the, and which is an also um there's various other films about it being the um uh, royal physician William uh, Sir William Gull, and to do with, with to do with Prince um what was it Prince Al not Prince Al, but Prince Edward. Yeah, whatever, the rogue, um the the dissolute son of Queen Victoria. So.
3: Stephen, what's your next adventure? You've got two books coming out. You'll continue like running one of the most visually beautiful things on the um, internet. But what's what's on your plate these
2: days? Well, um, there's quite a few books. <laughs> there's quite a few books under discussion. Um, uh, so at the moment, it's it's and possibly there's a possibility of some exhibitions as well, curating things with quite quite um quite prestigious institutions not in this country but elsewhere but i just haven't got round to uh, that there was there was supposed to be something um in 2021 but that was scuppered by covid obviously and a lack of uh, travel opportunities um but i think some of these things might happen i think i think there will be um uh, museum gallery shows at some point, possibly twenty twenty four. I'm talking to a museum at the moment, which would be a wonderful opportunity. That would um, be so a beautiful, beautiful museum as well. Um, but um, but apart from that, I'm doing. Um, I have several books in the pipeline, uh, some of which are I'm under. I, I'm, they're still under negotiations. I can't really. I'm sort of ne- negotiating with publishers about um, but one of the things that are definite are um there's a cosmic dance in september in the uk and november in the us and various foreign language editions sort of in the in, in, in the autumn and early next year and then in 2024 though 2023 um, next year there'll be a book on textiles which i'm really excited about I'm hoping it's going to be ready in time for autumn 2023, which is it's a it's very ambitious, um, but it's an attempt to do something that hasn't really been done with a textile book before. Really, it's a, it's a textile book that will I hope will appeal to, to non-experts, because um, textiles are possibly the one art form that but virtually everybody on the planet is familiar with and will know. And most of the people that create, have created um, textiles are unknown, un, uh, unheralded. There are so many, and so I want to do a book. Um, so the book that, as planned is going to look at um textiles as an underappreciated art and look at textiles as a way of the, the, the thing that as something that that unites the whole of humanity really and there was and the way that textiles have influenced history the way that the uh, um, things like obviously the most obvious um, instance is the whole history of the cotton trade and how that um, you know, and, and cultural inter- exchanges, cultural interchanges, how... Because um, they're, they're the most extraordinary... they the most extraordinary things so that people are not aware of, of um, sort of cultural links between places like um, Indonesia and Pacific Islands and African... Um, uh, African nations and African culture, like the inter uh, cloth and techniques being exported between places like Java and Sumatra and places like um, Gambia, Ghana, and, and 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 the west coast of Africa, um, and but that would also include how things were made. There were things being made in India. For the Japanese market in the 17th century, that would first come here. They would come to the UK and then go back to India and then go to Japan. The most extraordinary it's, it's, and, and were, it's, it's, an, it's, its an underappreciated art form. There were so many There were the most things for sort of domestic use and for modest daily use. Um, particularly, um, I'm, because of the because of collectors that I'm working with, um, they because that their area of expertise is South Asia, so here, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, um, and, 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 and um, Bangladesh. They're, so but for things like sort of the, the way that people did things like recycled saris and created these beautiful. Um, but basically, they had a practical use, but they had both utility and, and, and extremely sophisticated aesthetic um, qualities, too. They would just make these beautiful things. People with very, very modest background. People with absolutely, you know, they'd be classified as peasants, basically. They would have, enough. They would have no property or anything, but they would make these incredibly extraordinary things. Um, like for use for, for bags and for, and for, and for to cover furniture and for bedding and for things like that. Recycle, the whole thing of recycling stuff and repurposing things. Like in Japan, there, I think there's a whole, there, there were, there were books that could be, could be, um, and there's an incredible book that could be, um, devoted to Japanese boroughs, which are when they, re- which were, which were sort of like mainly agricultural workers where they would, um, Recycled denim, and it's basically patchwork, and they're the most beautiful thing. They look like um, they like they're best. These are the sort of 18th and 19th century and early 20th century things. They look like um, either uh, sort of um, uh, abstract expressionist paintings, or sort of some of the Italian stuff like Bovary or Fontana and people like that. And these were these were people putting things together, but they were putting them together, not just. But they were putting together with an eye. There's this deliberate the way that they're, they're they're beautiful things that would have been used for people doing really sort of um, really unforgiving and really well, sort of you know really kind of grinding labor and real sort of um, really rather difficult jobs um, in arduous circumstances. And so I wanted to. So the, I, I'm really excited by that. So that's why I've gone on about that. For
3: <laughs> The way that you're describing this, I feel like exactly describes your own curatorial eye. But like, like everything you just said, I'm like, <laughs> like, like it could be applied to you and the way that you pull things together. Like, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> can I ask
1: one question? Because it, just like what Dina said, it was so like evocative what you were saying. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot. Like, what do you think are... Now we're seeing so many digital images, images created by computers, images taken by a photograph. What are those attributes in a handmade image, like a person making things that we, that you respond to maybe is the best way, not even a big collection, but like, cause I think there's weird distortions that humans make when they're making an image and, in certain themes that constantly come up that we're interested in, what what would you say to you? Are those those specific things to a human being? Um,
2: if I mean. It, to be, I think the, the my immediate answer would be a fairly banal answer, which is be if it's if it's whether it be a photograph, of a, 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 a photograph or a photograph, a, a, a photograph taken on a phone or a photograph taken on a really expensive camera or a, 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 a swift quick illustration is if it if it. Um, um, Transforms if, if if it if it change, if, if, if it um, affects some sort of transformation of reality. If it's a different, if something I haven't seen before, trans, So it, 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 it's a different perspective. It's never, never that it's something. It's a way of seeing something that I've never seen before. That 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 that, 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 that it's just surprising and startling and genuinely. And there's, 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 a, there's a sort of the, there's a pleasurable aspect to it as well as an intellectual aspect. To it as well. You respond with pleasure to something um, that's pleasing both to the eye and to the brain and to the aesthetic um, sense. Um, it's, it's, it's whether it transforms the the thing that's being observed into something new.
3: Have any advice for um, you know, like like everyone listening to this is an artist. Most of the people we interview are artists. You're actually kind of a unique. Like you're a curator. You're kind of you're not exactly an art critic. You've basically made your own niche.
2: No, I'm not. No, no. Well, I can't. I'm, I'm I'm definitely not an art critic. People often are, approach me to write sort of introductions to things, or essays about things, about their art and about. And I can't do it. I find it really difficult to write i can I can write, but i can't write I find it really difficult to do that unless i unless I approach it from a from a sort of from a from an oblique and elliptical perspective and to write about something else i can't I, the the sort of language of writing about art is really alien to me.
3: You're like a hunter and gatherer of you know
2: <laughs> a wrangler i like someone said like a image wrangler. someone said. <laughs>
3: Uh, but do you have a word of advice for artists?
2: I, I don't want to resort to banality or um, cliché, platitudes and things, but it's the sort of Jerry Saltz type thing. Do the work <laughs> and trust yourself. I know that, I, I, you know, I, I follow Jerry Saltz on uh uh, Instagram and things and, and have seen his books and things. So but that stuff that he rep- constantly repeats about you know do the work, you big babies. I'm not gonna call anybody a big baby. But um I do think that just have just um have just have faith in yourself if you can. Um, and 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 just but if 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 you if if what you feel you're doing um, if you if you feel it has value to you then it was and almost certainly have value to someone else um i i mean I, I, all I could say is that with 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 doing with what I do and at first i thought I was just entertaining myself and amusing myself um and I, I had no idea that people would respond i really did i thought there was i thought I was onto something and I thought that there was a way of doing something fairly new and a way of presenting art but I, but nobody had it nobody. People just dismissed. People stopped talking to me. People thought I'd gone, you know, I'd lost, lost the plot completely. And there were, there were still people, there were lots of, um, people who are no longer friends of mine uh, who, um, who said, well, what the hell are you doing? You're just wasting your time um, mucking about. You're just, it's a complete waste of time. Why, why are you doing this? And I don't know, but have faith that just, you know, I know that something will happen with this. I'm convinced of it. And even really close friends, like sort of family and things, were sort of, you know, stop spending all your time doing that. What on earth uh, do you think you're doing? So I think if people take notice of me mucking about on um, uh, social media, then uh, when, when nobody else had any faith in it, well, apart from Jackie, my wife, did, and a couple of other people did, and other, the people I know, that is, people of strangers obviously did, um, then. Um, yeah
1: there's hope for me there's hope for anyone i think right. will do thank you
0: steve this was excellent hey thank you for listening and coming along with us on this long journey i hope you got some good takeaways from this interview i want to let you know that we have an official art grind podcast hotline now so call us and let us know what sort of creative projects you have going on during these crazy times Let us know what's on your mind and we'll play it on our next episode. The number is 929-267-4830. Again, it's 929-267-4830. You can find us at artgrindpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram. And if you feel like supporting us financially, you can easily hit that donate button on our website. And if you feel so inclined leave us a review on iTunes. That will really help us. We love all the support we get from our listeners and hope to do our best to bring you more great interviews for you. So be safe out there and stay on the grind.